we're constantly searching for what's the right things to be doing, but it actually can sometimes take us further away from doing the things that make us personally feel well. Your worth isn't dictated by anything outside of you. You are who you are, and that's enough. Welcome to How Do You Feel, a podcast with info and inspo to help you tune in to your fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I'm your host, Casey Zavaleta, and together we'll explore how we can optimize our physical and mental health so that we radiate positivity and happiness from the inside out. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast this week. In this episode of How Do You Feel, I have Sara Moncrief. Sara is an intuitive healer. As you listen, I have a feeling that you'll really get a sense for just how special of a person she is. Every time that I'm with her, I walk away feeling lighter, feeling inspired, feeling like I've made a discovery about myself. She just has this presence about her that really makes you reflective and in that place for of openness for discovery. It's pretty amazing. We cover lots of juicy stuff in the episode this week, including what it means to be a healer, how to tap into your intuition and trust your intuition. We talk about relationships of all kinds. We talk a lot about self-love, which is a topic that has become quite a buzzword lately, but Sara gives us her take on what self-love really is and why it's so important that we actively practice self-love in our lives. We also talk about difficult emotions like guilt and shame and how you can handle those in your life. I hope you guys all stick around to the end of this conversation because at the end, there's a little part where she talks about love in the most beautiful way. It gives me goosebumps every time I listen to it. So definitely stick around for that. It is very powerful. Okay, without further ado, here is my conversation with the beautiful, insightful Sara Moncrief. I don't want my value to be dictated based on my work. Mm. I've like been going to therapy and like one of the things that I realized was like I have no space for a relationship unless it's like so specific, which is like basically that that person can be in service to me to being in service to the world. Who wants to do that? <laughs> like if anyone's out there that wants to do that. <laughs> There's a, there's a lot of nuance to that too and layers, so I'll leave it kind of at that. <laughs> but like I've realized it is also work. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not like this should be like the place that fills me up because like we are so amazing and then I can go out into the world and like sh- amplify my light. Yeah, that, right. I mean, ultimately, yes, but like the work that's necessary to get to that place isn't just like someone working to match me. I have to like work with them yeah it's gonna come from you as well that's so true even when you're in that place where that person does amplify you and allow you to shine brighter it's still continuous work yeah because any deep relationship where like you want to be so intimately connected with someone and like be on that level all the time takes time energy like you can't just assume it'll be there yeah at all times yeah and that's something that you want Obviously. Yeah, like I know for sure I'm meant to be a mom. 
Mm. I know for sure. Oh my sure. gosh, you'd be the best mom. Oh my god, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. I'm like so stoked. Yeah. I know for sure I want to be like in a loving, committed partnership. In the relationships that I've had, I've like struggled with like the partner part because I'm like clear on what my part of the partner part is, but not always clear on what theirs is. And then it'll like flip flop. Hmm. And what do you mean by that? When you think about partnership, I put out the garbage and you take the dog out for a walk. And like, I like just almost like a divide of tasks, like a chore list. Mm-hmm. Then we create this like whole life together because we're partnering in life through my own trauma in my own life. Like I slowly was like, yeah, so the love part's not so important. Which, like, anyone who knows me would, like, never get or understand because it's so not what I, like, stand for for the world. It's just that, like, for me, getting to the part where we were at least partnering was, like, hard enough Mm -hmm. that I was, like, it's either a compromise of a partnership for love or the partnership's there, but, like, the love is hard because we're just, like, partners, like, roommates. Because, yeah realizing that like I won't be fulfilled until the whole thing yeah is they like, have to exist together yeah let's talk about being a healer yeah I want to know what that means and what it is that you do with people big question to start good luck <laughs> yeah I actually struggle a lot with the word healer hmm. I utilize it because I think it's the closest definition to what it is that I do I've like been called a soul coach why I don't like the word is because it it shows that there's something missing like if you're healing something it means there's something wrong for me what it is is like bringing someone closer to the truest part of themselves like that core center that will never shift and change because it it just is what it is And then allowing that to be more expressed through letting go of what blocks, barriers, resistances, like what are the things in life that make it so that part has a hard time being expressed? What are those kinds of things? Oh my god. It can be everything. It can be everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think the thing that is the craziest about it is majority is unconscious because I've been thinking a lot about the unconscious mind and the way that it got formed. Almost like when you're running your iPhone and it's like the iOS system is just running in the background. You don't have to think about it. Like there's nothing that needs to get done. It's just doing the work until it's like, oh, you need an upgrade. And then you get that annoying thing for forever. (laughs) And you put off doing it because you don't have enough space on your phone to actually install it. And finally... Gotta delete some pictures. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that's the unconscious mind. And like, I think that the way that it runs through our life is sometimes hard to take responsibility for, to understand um, because of the pace of life a lot. You have to be so much more present. You have to slow down and do things that we as human beings don't even want to do anymore. Tell me about intuition mm-hmm. and what that means and how you help someone find and discover their own intuition. To me, the intuition is like your instincts. It's like your gut check. 
that unconscious patterning that I wouldn't say that's your intuition. Your intuition is the part where you actually know something that you wouldn't know based on the information that's been provided to you. I guess the simplest way to explain it is in your physical senses, that's how you acquire information. When you have a heightened version of any of those senses that starts to dip into your intuition. For example, I was doing a session with someone who was like, all I can smell is roses, but we were literally in a hotel room. What she eventually came to after having it stick around for a while was like, wake up and smell the roses. There's like something trying, a message trying to come through to her that through a sense that wasn't present physically she got to understand in a deeper and different kind of way Mm. wow how do you help people tune in to that kind of thing and learn to hear those things interpret them and trust them um i was just gonna say trust is like the only thing and so as you move away from the physical senses you're moving into a very intangible part of life the only bridge from one to the other is trust there is nothing else and it's very different for everyone because everyone's access point comes from a different place the people that know that they're ready for that it's not that hard what's hard is accepting that that's even a thing that they want to tune into do most of the people that come to you are they already in that place where they're ready to accept it not necessarily interesting okay and even (laughs) if they think they are Mm -hmm. they may not be actually like uh, like there like may be a the concept they understand yes. and they're like i do want this for myself but mm-hmm. are they really like there yeah what's your operating system saying versus my conscious mind is like of course i want to tune into any of the tools in my tool belt that i can to make life a little bit more clear but like the unconscious mind can be like terrified of that and then yeah. you're you don't understand why it's so hard do you believe that ideas or I guess thoughts originate from the conscious mind or the subconscious mind I think both both yeah Mm. I also think they originate from a collective consciousness that has nothing to do with the individual you know if you look at a brain scan we actually have receptors in our brain which receive information from something outside of us I think that there's like a whole bunch of information floating around and ideas. People are grabbing hold of what those are and then like putting them into action because they feel like the right one to follow through on whatever that is. Mm -hmm. This is one of the things about meditation that I think is really cool is that's a great place to practice allowing unique thoughts to come into your mind because that means it's coming from something outside of you when you're in the list of things to do when you're in the the thoughts that just go around and around you're ruminating thoughts. yes you're mm-hmm. ruminating thoughts it's like that's your unconscious trying to bring something to the surface it's not that that's not important information to listen to because there's a reason why it's going mm-hmm. around and around but like when something comes through and you're like whoa 
that's not anything I've ever thought of before. Mm. That to me is really exciting. And I think that meditation is a great place to access that part of yourself. The thing that's hard about meditation is like, because we need it so much for stress relief, it's like really hard for people to wrap their minds around that it could be a tool used for something different also. Yeah, so we think of it as just let's relax, let's slow down our adrenals, let's detach from the craziness that's going on, but maybe don't think about it as a tool. Yeah. Yeah, or like how to access different parts of ourselves. Mm. I taught yoga for eight years. Started somewhere teaching meditation, I guess maybe like halfway through. I've spent a lot of time going to different classes, listening to different teachers, and like most people I think are just trying to get people to buy in to that it's beneficial to them, that it's playing it safe still a little bit Mm. in terms of like the way to communicate about what the benefits of meditation can be beyond your parasympathetic nervous system and your homeostasis state and all of that is so important it's just like there's more is meditation part of your process I want to talk a little bit about your process in working with people and how you sort of cultivated that how it's different depending on the person but does meditation is it a part of that and like trying to tap into this collective consciousness yeah it is and I think it may not look how people think again that meditation looks one of my favorite things that Eckhart Tolle ever said was that one conscious breath is a meditation ever since I heard that I was like oh so meditation if we just took that approach meditation is accessible to everyone at every time then I started understanding that to me sitting for 10 minutes at the beginning of my day or 10 minutes at the end of my day it's almost like those are coping mechanisms for the stress and the hard things in my life it's not something that I'm weaving throughout the day to start to become a way of living my life there are times that I carve it out but it's when I intuit that I need that because I'm having a hard time accessing something like I have my own tells Mm. at this point as to like what I actually need what are they if I say I don't know a lot Mm. I know I need to like sit And there's a specific feeling that I get on the left side of my neck that starts to feel really tight and almost like shut down. Mm. So I'll know again, like I need, I need something more substantial than some deep breaths. Like I'll hear messages just to do it. And I just listen and not messages from like some weird person outside of myself like from myself to myself Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) like coaching yourself yeah 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 Yeah. tell me a little bit more about your process when you're working with someone how do you decide where to take it this has been probably the most fascinating part of choosing to go deeper into this part of healing like into the intangible when I did my Reiki training I did not resonate with it. I did get a lot from it. It was definitely a tool that I was glad that I pursued. What ended up happening was the way that I was being taught to teach Reiki, my intuition got heightened to a degree in that process that made me realize like, oh, I'm actually hearing that like I I should say this thing to this person or this thing's coming up and I'm 
and I feel like if I engage a bit more of their mind in conversation along with the energy work that's going on it's gonna speed up the process because Hmm. when I was teaching yoga people would come into class all the time and say that they were there for a mind body soul experience But then I would see people competing with each other in class. I would see, and it was like happening so fast. I had an hour with these people to give them a unification of all parts of their being. And I just realized like, this is not a thing that's going to happen for me in this modality. So that's why I slowly started to peel away from it and go deeper into meditation because I found that easier to access that place. Mm. And then when I did Reiki, I realized like that's even more aligned with what I wanted, but it still wasn't quite right. I took away from that the basics of like understanding how energy was flowing through me. And I found a teacher who is, her name is Rhea Ray, and she lost her entire family in a carbon monoxide poisoning. And she, yeah. And she had no choice but to heal. Like, I mean, she did have a choice, but the choice that she chose was to heal. Right. And she developed her own own methodology out of that. And so when I met her and I explained it didn't resonate to have a system to put people through because I think everyone's so unique and the way they need to be approached is unique and what they're going through is unique. I'm not saying that there aren't generalized issues, but... There's something about making sure that it actually works for someone that was really important to both her and I. Mm -hmm. So she taught me to trust myself more, Mm -hmm. like how to keep going and persevering and staying resilient to the truest part of myself, which then helped me continue to do that for others I wouldn't say like I'm trying to reinvent the wheel or anything like that it's just that I'm open to whatever needs to happen so that things move forward and I like sometimes hear not like really weird as in like a seance or anything but I hear like weird things to do like take this person to this restaurant and I'm like at this point where I just do it do it what ends up happening is miraculous from that because there's a lot of information going back to what we were originally saying that's coming up that people just like are choosing not to listen to because the mind thinks it doesn't make sense so it just gets like pushed out Hmm. but I'm like willing to listen to the things that don't make sense just to see where it's gonna take me even if I don't follow that path it's still worth considering yeah strikes me as being very courageous yes to work outside of anyone else's system yes anything that anybody else is saying quote-unquote makes sense yes Mm -hmm. yeah and I just think that for how busy people are and all the things going on you know if you're gonna invest in something for yourself it's like you want to know that someone's gonna take the time to make sure it works for you it's not like here's my um, to-do list to add to your plate of things that like hopefully will work but like maybe they won't right it's like why not practice the thing you're trying to practice anyway honoring who you actually are mm-hmm. how do you scale this 
I don't know. How do you reach more people? Because like you said, you know, you're alluding to, (laughs) you feel like more people need this, which Uh I totally agree. Is it scalable? You can't be everywhere at at once, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been helping Rhea for a long time start to scale her business. Meaning like... Does she do a similar thing that you do? Yeah. Okay. Meaning like going out and doing group work, training people, having them start to find like who they really are and then following that path. Certain souls are meant to come together. Like I believe that souls of children find their parents. Mm. And I don't think that it's always clear why. (laughs) I'm sure people spend way too much time in their lives (laughs) trying to figure out why. But... I think that like there's also that same connection point between um, myself and the people that I work with. So one of the ways that we, between Rhea and I, that we like eliminate ego is it's like who her soul is meant to be with, who my soul is meant to be with. It just gets really clear. It's not always clear at first, mm. but it becomes clear. Again, trusting. It's okay for things to not be so defined. I was driving down Dundas the other day and I saw this this girl wearing a jean jacket and on the back, it was like acid wash and on the yeah. back it said, all white fades to gray. That's so profound mm. because even if we want to make something black and white, eventually black is going to fade to gray, white's going to become gray. We can't hold on to the definition that we think we want to have because of the way that the world is just naturally evolving. It's naturally changing. We say all the time the only constant is change, but yet no one's comfortable with change. And I think there's a lot of power in just reclaiming the gray. Mm -hmm. Again, not to, like, sometimes things are needed to have clarity and definition, but knowing that, like, eventually you're going to keep evolving that definition. Mm -hmm. It's almost like when you discover a concept, like when you're meant to discover something Mm -hmm. and like know it, you have to go black and white, right? Because I don't know, we just are able to grasp it so much more if it's this like black or white thing. But then, yeah, it's over time. So true that you can't, you can't hold on to that just sort of like polarized view Mm -hmm. on anything forever. It always fades. I love that. I'm not sure I would have uh, thought so profoundly about it after seeing it on the back of a jean jacket, but I'm glad you did. (laughs) That's awesome. Can we talk a little bit about self-love? Yeah, for sure. I love this topic. So back in September when we did our little self-love workshop that you sort of helped us facilitate, that was really the first time that I started, I think, thinking about do I love myself? If not, how do I get to a place of loving myself? I just think it's a very important thing for us to be aware of and how we're treating ourselves. Mm-hmm. To you, what, is, what does self-love mean? I think self-love means a lot of different things. Well, I guess first, accepting who we are in both the light and the dark. Not just wanting to amplify light, but just accepting like where our darkness is. Um, because I think that awareness is the thing that protects us the most. When we're trying to figure out like who we are, it's like, what are we avoiding seeing? 
is usually what needs the most love because love bridges that gap. If you do think of healing something that's that is broken love is the glue that brings it back together and when we're in a space of loving ourselves there literally is just nothing that we can't do because love is an abundant energy so like love creates more love how many songs movies love is like such whether people believe in it or not it's like such a prevalent conversation. And I mean, it's one that I think we should just stop resisting. Where do you see it resisted? When I met Rhea, she was very on the train of self-love. And that was really important to me because I was not in a place where I would say I was loving myself. So taking that journey and her helping me through that journey, it's like I started to really feel the power that came from loving myself. And the clarity that came from that, then it became a fad where it's (laughs) like, oh, okay. If one person talks about self-love again, like I'm just going to like exit (laughs) (laughs) stage left. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. I just, I feel like the resistance has now come in the influx of conversation about it. I've done a lot of collaborations with a lot of different people on self-love and the thing that I see the most is people mistaking self-love for self-care it's not that self-care can't be a part of how you love yourself that is actually the how but what you love about yourself is why you love yourself are the the things that don't get as spoken about because again they're less tangible Mm -hmm. we always want to go back to like what we can impact in the physical world right it's the easiest the gold is in both Mm -hmm. (laughs) always yeah I think that at one point I thought I loved myself but I think what I was doing was loving my strengths Mm. and the good parts Mm -hmm. and that light that you're talking about Mm -hmm. and sort of focusing on that so it was almost like when everything was going well I loved myself yeah but it's been a whole nother journey to love the dark and like be in that and accept that about myself and yeah, not even try to change it. Not even try to say, well, this is a weakness of mine, but it's okay, I'll work on it. Mm-hmm. Just like loving that part too. Definitely not all the way there, but at least like I'm striving for it mm-hmm. and I understand the concept. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you help people get to that place is that something that you work on with yeah people yeah Yeah. (laughs) I would say it's like the center of pretty much everything okay um I don't think we need to like depending on someone's resistances we don't need to like say it in that way like if someone doesn't like the word self-love or whatever but essentially it's like that acceptance of the truest part of ourselves is like the most profound thing that we can do because then you know what you're aligned with Mm. then you know what feels right and what like right for you and what doesn't feel right for you it doesn't matter how creative your path is because then you're like well i really can feel inside that this is like the most self-loving thing i would also say that um along this journey 
what's been really hard to watch there's so much communication about there not being a right and a wrong like in all personal development courses philosophy right and a wrong in regards to what like your life like your choices oh got it got it got it like you can't make the wrong decision yeah yeah like whatever you do is the right thing for you to do and Mm -hmm. there may be consequences to that but it still means that it's the right thing for you to do got it I find that like in the health and wellness industry, we're constantly searching for what's the right things to be doing to take care of ourselves, to do all of this stuff. But it actually can sometimes take us further away from doing the things that make us personally feel well. Oh my gosh. Yes. So true. Holy crap. Yeah. (laughs) That resonates really deeply with me. Yeah. It's the difference between doing all of these things and training and eating well and doing right doing all of the the things the acts the activities because we think we have to Mm -hmm. not because my body's asking for this my mind is asking for this yeah I'm gonna feel better after it's just who knows how I'll feel after but I gotta do it because this is what I supposedly need yeah the other thing that I want to say about darkness is like I was a kid who was scared of the dark What I can say about this, like, accepting of the dark at this point is, like, the things that are dark aren't really that dark. I'm not saying Mm. that there isn't darkness to be aware of. I'm just saying it's someone's anger. It's someone's jealousy. It's someone's pain. It's someone's suffering. Like, dark just sounds so dark to me, you know, Mm. like, when we're talking about it. But when I started to realize that it's just what jealousy does to someone's body harms them resentment someone said to me once resentment is like eating rat poison and then hoping the other person dies it's like that the only drama in our life comes from trauma without even understanding it necessarily just being willing to lead with compassion with ourselves Mm. like people are just so hard on themselves Mm -hmm. you know yeah fear for example it's a feedback loop so we're afraid of something and then because of that we avoid it at all costs which continues to build up the fear and our response to it amplifies and amplifies and amplifies and just gets worse until it's become this thing that it never actually was right like we've created this massive darkness where like maybe it didn't didn't actually start there yeah so i feel like that's sort of what you're getting at and that yeah maybe like anger isn't all that scary but we're terrified of it because we avoid it. We don't access it. We we don't delve into it when someone else, we feel that from someone. And so we just think that it's this awful thing mm-hmm. when maybe it's not that bad. Yeah. I, my brain does that. Yeah. <laughs> you tell I'm talking from a place of like, I get Knowing? it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because totally, my brain really <laughs> does that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, anger has been something that's taken me a very long time to understand. Mm -hmm. Recognizing the light that comes from that has been fascinating. And as I always see anger as destructive, but then I also saw it for the first time last week within myself as passion. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, oh, my God, I haven't felt passionate in so long. And I mean that like I'm very convicted. I'm very clear. I'm really disciplined with certain things. 
I would say that the like fire behind my passion has, because I've been scared of anger, mm-hmm. has like not had a space. Like passion is just so awesome. That's the best. Yeah. That's the best thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a pro and a con to literally everything. Mm-hmm. Would you say you love yourself now? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. More than I ever have. I would say the greatest marker for that in my life is what's being reflected around me. When you state shift internally, your external world shifts, which is why it's important to pay attention to the intangible is because sometimes that's actually easier to create a physical result that aligns deeper with you. So the more I've loved myself and like I'm a risk taker, I love risk because it makes me feel alive. It makes me feel like I trust myself. I love myself enough to like take a chance on myself. Yeah, so I do. And I'm continuously finding places where I don't Hmm. or things that I've misinterpreted or things that I like where there's fear blocking my ability to love within me. Hmm. So I do and I don't. Yeah. Do you think it will ever just be flat? Yes. No. No, I think it's a mountain to no end. And I think that that's part of being human. I think that it gets easier over time because it starts to gain momentum. Because again, like I said, love is an abundant energy. There's more love than not. And one of the biggest tells for me in this was I had a, a thing where I was always getting in trouble. As I started to love myself, I stopped. People stopped relating to me like I was doing something wrong. I haven't said anything. I haven't done anything to change it. It's just not how I thought it was. Wow. It's not like I was not interpreting them. It was just a way less harsh. It was softer. It was more gentle. It was like kind communication. Mm -hmm. And that comes from me being willing to receive that amount of love rather than re- enforcing the stories from my unconscious that is that like I'm undeserving of it yeah there's so much to be said for doing the internal work first I think it's easier to try and fix the external and focus on it yeah there are these things or relationships that I have to fix instead of just like going inside and thinking what's broken or yeah, yeah where's the work to be done there yeah So this question was inspired from seeing a lot of clients who feel a lot of guilt and shame surrounding their bodies and like therefore unworthiness in the world. And it breaks my heart to see. As I see it on other people, I've understood that like I've had some of these feelings as well. But for someone that's feeling guilt, shame, unworthiness, especially just like surrounding their physical body themselves, where would you start with someone that's in that place? What would you tell them? This is a huge thing because I also am constantly dealing with people's guilt and shame. Have you ever read Brene Brown's book, The Gifts of Imperfection? I didn't read that one. I read Daring Greatly. That's the only one I've gotten through so far. Okay. So The Gifts of Imperfection is like the best one okay that's my next one then okay and it's short and Mm -hmm. a very like succinct read Mm. 
I've been trying to create a program for people around wholeness. I just want people to feel whole. And so I was talking to a friend of mine and I was like, well, what if I call it wholehearted so that it has the element of love in it? And then I read The Gifts of Imperfection, which I didn't know was called A Guide to Wholehearted Living. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that that's one of Renee's words. I had no idea. So then I was like, okay, well, that's taken. (laughs) But... But at the same time, it was cool because I feel like Brene doesn't work with groups and individuals. Like she has a team of people who will, mm-hmm. but she does the like big lectures and writes books, like does, does the that. thought work. Yeah. 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 Totally. Mm-hmm. And the research, mm-hmm. but like not in a, now she's going to teach other people how to do this kind of a sense. Right. Um, I was like, wow, I really feel like I'm a person on the ground, like dealing with the things that she's writing about in the books and like making it so that people actually gain traction Mm -hmm. on the concepts that are being written about. So guilt and shame are the lowest vibrating emotions that we have. When everyone's like, your vibe attracts your tribe. Like, as soon as the world turned to understand that we we had a vibe Mm -hmm. that we emit... Everyone wanted to be a high vibing person, but yet would like harbor low energies within themselves, like guilt and shame. So when we're talking about darkness, that's like a huge access point to darkness. If you go a little bit up the emotional scale, anger is actually the transformative emotion that takes you out of guilt and shame and into the next um, stage anger usually gets directed towards somebody else right you feel guilty or you feel ashamed of something and then you feel angry because you feel like someone else is inflicting that on you um whether you're the victim of something or whether they're just saying like this is your fault kind of thing so, and then you go back into guilt like it doesn't quite ever get out of anger mm-hmm. the next phase from from anger is joy But we don't have, as far as I can tell, we don't have a ton of leaders who are speaking, who are communicating with the public that know how to take the anger that comes from guilt and shame, hurt, pain, and transform it into joy. How do you do that? That seems like a big leap. It is. Which it sounds like you're saying it's not as much as I think. Yeah, it it really isn't Mm. as much. It's about seeing what the utility of the situation is for you. Allows you to release the anger and just elevate into joy. Mm. But again, it would have to be, like, in order for it to feel concrete, it would have to be, like, a specific example to really get each individual to understand how that works through them mm-hmm. but there's a definite epidemic of guilt and shame it's like just our way of staying human I think to a degree like I think there's a lot of collective stories that like keep that around what I want people to know is like it's okay to let it go oh I see what you're saying yeah like you're not perfect so therefore you must feel shame Right. And we just, like, propagate that. Totally. Got it. And Mm -hmm. then there's, like, always someone else who's hurt around the corner who's going to remind you that you're shitty. (laughs) And 
that's okay because they're just in their own experience. But again, that's why self-love is so important because then you realize that that is their experience and not your experience. And it's okay to stop punishing yourself for whatever it is. It doesn't do anything to repair the situation. It actually just keeps everyone stuck. Right. Right. It's contagious. Yeah. I'm not saying that if you don't do something shitty that you shouldn't like feel it Mm. and move forward. (laughs) Like you can take an action to rectify something, but you can't if you're stuck and feeling like you're a bad person. And then if you don't want to feel that way, but you do, then you try to cover it up by building your ego around something. And then you're just like so much further from what the originating thing was in the first place. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of work to kind of get done on like, how to love yourself without convincing yourself that you're this amazing person when you know you've done shitty things. It's like those two things are never going to be able to let you trust yourself and believe what whatever it is that you have to say. Yeah. So that's what I would say about guilt and shame. How can we learn to just be without having to be doing all the time? How do we teach ourselves that we're enough simply because we exist? I would say the breath is the most palpable tool for that. Just being conscious with the breath. It's like you don't need anything in that moment except the ability to breathe. And as things start to get more complex, I think it's about remembering that your worth isn't dictated by anything outside of you. You are who you are and that's enough I was listening to Dak Shepard's podcast Mm -hmm. with um, Esther Perel and she was talking about the fact that like self-worth is a relational concept our self-worth gets reinforced by how much relevancy we have in this world and if we're really in tune with who we are, we know how much that matters and doesn't matter to us. And again, not because it would be filling a void internally. It's more just about, this is what I feel I need to do, so I'm going to do it. The detachment around that means that you can still be so committed and still feel so much about it, but it's not a means to an end. I see. It's like then you have actual freedom and actual choice around what are the things that you want to take part in and what are the things that just make you feel good without having to like, without really having to do that inner work. You talk about helping people clear energy blockages. Yeah. Um, Can you tell us what that means and sort of how you do that for someone? Mm -hmm. If you have incurred trauma in your life, I almost see it like it creates a knot in your energetic field because as human beings, we really like to learn from our lessons. It's like we want to know that we're not going to put ourselves in a position to have to learn that same lesson again, although we don't do a very good job at that because we're not doing it in the right way. Wink, wink. It's like (laughs) if a trauma happens, it's like now you have a knot. So you're more likely to have another situation that's going to add to that knot. And then eventually, if you don't want that experience to keep coming around, you have to like undo the knot so that you can keep the energy flow 
coming from you outside, outside in, nice and clean and clear. And so I just help people to kind of identify like what are those knots? Can you undo them by now using your adult mind and your feelings to actually realize that that's not what you need to keep in your energetic body anymore? The word trauma, I think, often sounds really big to people, Mm -hmm. but trauma can be many things. Like Um, really small. (laughs) Yeah. Could you give some examples maybe of what that could be? Because it doesn't have to be this like massive disaster. I would say it's almost the opposite. It's Mm. like if anything happens outside of your control that feels negatively inside, it's traumatic. If you get fired, if you, I mean, obviously if someone dies, if um, someone tells you they don't like your t-shirt, like it can be something that you're like, and you like spent a long time picking out that shirt to wear or something like it can be a lot of really tiny small things that add up i think even like a pointed negative interaction with someone yeah where you felt that just like zing of negative energy yeah that can be traumatic that can be very traumatic especially mm-hmm. when you're really sensitive yeah um and i think that what i find is people are a lot more sensitive than they like to lead on which I always think is a good thing, but most people are trying to numb that because they don't want to feel as much. Mm-hmm. I think that that is not a great thing. <laughs> I think we need to feel as much as possible so that we, again, build awareness around things. Mm-hmm. So one traumatic experience that I'm like tired of dealing with for myself is when I was in grade three, I was on the the playground. I was friends with everyone because I've always from a very, very young age felt like I didn't understand why people didn't get along. I understood why people weren't friends, but like why it couldn't just be like peaceful Oh, I'm imagining you as a kid. Just, yeah. Why can't we all just get along, totally. guys? <laughs> totally. So cute. And uh, there was like, I was in grade three, so I was friends with all the grade threes, and I was friends with all the grade fours. The only thing that the two groups of people could agree on is that I had to pick a side. I remember like freezing, and like it was so traumatic for me being put in that position in the middle, and it's like been recreated in my life quite a few times that's like an example of something that you're like that's just something that happened it's like not a big deal Mm -hmm. we we moved on everything was fine it was so traumatic to who I was because it goes against what I want for the world Mm -hmm. you know you just think you're a kid or whatever play it off but it it ends up being something that you whether you want to or not, whether you think it's stupid or your judgment. Judgment is something we haven't talked about yet, and it is the worst. Like Of yourself or others? All of it. All of it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Judgment keeps us further away from ourselves and others. If you're trying to manifest anything in your life, look at your judgments around it. If you can clear those judgments and just be a little bit more open, it will come to you lightning speed faster. Wow. That's something that I haven't thought a lot about, but it makes sense. And there's a very fine line between awareness and judgment. And if you can stay Mm -hmm. in, because I'm saying like cultivate awareness. So that may mean that you need to look at how someone's energy is impacting you. 
But once you see that, we as human beings want to judge it to protect ourselves. Now the fix is like, I'm not going to have this person in my life because I, I have this awareness that their energy makes me feel anxious. But really, as long as you're in the awareness and you can have them in your life because you now know what to do to take care of yourself in those situations. You may choose mm-hmm. not to anyway, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But if it's judgment, then you cut off a flow of love and affinity And I find that that's one of the things that I think gets in the way a lot of our relationships. And it happens so fast and so unconsciously that it takes a lot of like precision to start to like realize what's really breaking down in this situation or in this relationship. I feel especially likely in family relationships. Yeah. Like, it exists everywhere. Like, even as you're saying, having a negative interaction with the person at a convenience store, you can feel the impact of that on you. But, like, I don't believe that a lot of things are happenstance. So it's, like, what's really going on in that interaction? Mm. I'm not going to make any, like, inferences because it would be totally different for whatever situation. Because it's not also, again, just being, like, maybe that person's having a bad day. Like, okay, maybe. That doesn't mean that they have the right to also be an asshole. Right. But there's something happening that's trying to shift for someone Mm. in that moment. How we grow Mm. is so relational. People see things in us that we can't see. And that, I guess, is something about my job that I'm, like, so lucky Mm. to have is that, like, I feel like I have a really loving and warm way of showing people some of the things that they can't see themselves and it's not always easy because like everyone wants to be an expert in themselves and they ultimately are but when you're taking that that leap of faith from living life as you know it to wanting to upgrade your experience of of your life because you know that's what you're meant to do Mm -hmm. it's a really vulnerable time and state And that to me is the best. Vulnerability is the antidote for shame and guilt, 100%. Takes so much courage. It takes so much bravery. It takes so much willingness to be who you really are, to like let yourself take that chance. It's why I'm always honored for the people that that work with me and really want to do the work and it's part of what's different than taking a slower approach with some of the other modalities of energy healing we're gonna be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but in a way that feels really purposeful not just for the sake of it yeah some of the most profound things that I've learned about myself and that have caused me to do something and change have been from other people. I'm thinking of my husband specifically. (laughs) Because he knows me so well, but just on like, it is an outsider perspective. And so, yeah, when I've been able to sort of like break down those barriers with him and like listen Mm -hmm. and let him show me something about myself have been the biggest times of growth for me in my life. Mm -hmm. That's like being one with someone where like you don't need to defend yourself against them where you trust yourself enough to trust them and then there's like nothing in the space other than just your connectedness Mm -hmm. is like what I think is really possible when we feel whole personally you can allow 
yourself to be whole with another. Mm-hmm. It takes being comfortable enough not to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not saying I do this all the time. Yeah. Because I defend myself a lot. <laughs> totally. um, but yeah, but it's when you let that go. That, yeah. yeah, it's so true. Yeah. What's the most important thing that you've learned in the last year? The first thing that's coming to me is that love is worth it. It's messy. It's um, not clean or clear it is irrational and in a world that's so focused on reasonableness rational like utilizing the mind to dictate this is the right move this is the path this is that like to really embrace something that is goes beyond all boundaries that is so doesn't make sense it is like it's worth it and I'm like still reminding myself of that often because it can be scary like I mean love like in every sense of the word love and friendships love and relation like romantic relationships love and family you kind of pointed to like family is like you know you're supposed to love your family but like actually and like you do but like actually actively loving them is a completely different thing so I just think taking a chance on love is it is worth it and to just be like really patient in that process because it may actually not be what feels natural I love that What makes you excited to get out of bed in the morning? This is your last question. Well, it's so funny because (laughs) I was in LA. I got really attuned to that West Coast time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like a morning person, but I've been sleeping in and it's like so hard to get out of bed. (laughs) (laughs) But I would say like that I understand what my role is in something bigger than me is what gets me out of bed in the morning because I'm like, it's just not about me all the time. (laughs) Say sometimes, but not all the time. And I just like, I'm so grateful to feel that. I can't imagine if it was about me all the time. I feel grateful to be living this life. And I think being risky is like what makes me feel alive before we go i do want to tell everyone how to connect with you Mm -hmm. if they want to reach out with you or if they want to work with you so my instagram i've changed a couple times i think it's (laughs) my first name underscore my last name so sarah underscore moncrief email is just connect at saramoncrief.com thanks so much for listening this week guys i hope you enjoyed that conversation As you know, we release a new episode every Monday morning, so be on the lookout for those each week. If you're enjoying what you're hearing on How Do You Feel, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Every single one of those reviews really mean a lot to me. I hope that you take some of the concepts that you just learned about into the rest of your week. And as always, remember, get out there and do something that makes you feel good today.